Storm Bowling Products, the Bowlers Company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Tim Berg and Kendall Miles. Above180.com's Tim Berg and Storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at Weber International University, Kendall Miles, are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Tim and Kendall. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Michael Jashinsky. Michael is the head bowling coach for the women's team at Trine University. Michael, it's Tim Berg and Kendall Miles here. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, Michael, so your team at Trine University, you guys are ranked third overall on the women's side of things. This is according to collegiatebowling.com. Let's talk about things because you guys are ahead of, in the polls, of course, this is, and this goes by tournament play. You guys are ahead of some of the real, uh, some of the real names out there, the McKendrys, the Pikevilles, the Notre Dame Colleges, the St. Francis's. But what do you think is the key, to, the key so far this season to some of your successes on the lanes? Um, the, the biggest key, I think, is just self-belief in ourselves. Um, hard work, as, as cliche as that is, um, we have a bowling alley on campus, um, so our, our kids are in here constantly um, putting in endless hours. Um, and I think that's just the biggest thing is we might not be, um, not at least not yet, we might not be as talented as some of those teams, but we work pretty hard and um, our results are showing based on the hard work we put in. Um, uh, obviously having the facility on campus is is the biggest key to our success because we can get as much practice in and on whatever we want and we can do whatever to the lanes what we want to do we have full access to the facility um but i think the the other key to success is that uh we all believe in each other so um like if i'm if i'm having the girls make a move they they trust me and i trust them that they're going to make the correct move and um we're just kind of uh building off of a successful uh previous season um we're in year four of the program so we still have a lot of uh um our ceiling for potential is still pretty high um but we're just trying to build every year and get a little bit better and um keep working to our goals oh that's truly amazing to hear michael and so my question to you is give us a little bit of your background of you know what got you into bowling what kind of if you were how much you bowled or still do bowl or and then what sounds you be the head coach of a college bowling program? Kind of what's your little bit of your background? Yeah, so um, I've been about around bowling my whole life. Um, I, my dad got me into it. Um, my dad bowled high rollers out in Vegas when they were a real big thing. Um, so, and he bowled the Michigan majors in Michigan when they were in, in their heyday. Um, so I've been around it since I was able to walk. Um, I, so I, I, am still an active bowler. I have my PBA card. I bowl out of the central region. Um, I bowl a few national events here and there. Um, I'm working on bowling a few more this year as, as time's allowing it with the way the schedule's set up. Um, and I, I bowled one year collegiately. I actually was a baseball player. Um, and after I couldn't stay healthy, so I switched over to bowling and, um, I, I love everything that I do. I started here in 2018 um, as the, uh, assistant coach bowling center manager. Um, I recruited for the first girls team. Um, so our first season would have been the 2019 or, uh, yeah, 2019, 2020 season. And then, um, the COVID year was our, was the end of our first year. Um, and then year two was the, the year that everything kind of, uh, was, uh, cut in half as far as the schedule went. Um, so I, you know, I, I still keep up with bowling. I bowl 
all the big events that I can. Um, the mega event that's in, in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio every year, I'll be in uh, bowling the holiday doubles this weekend. Um, but yeah, my background around, I've been around bowling my whole life. Um, it's, it was my second love to baseball. Now it's my first. Um, like I said, I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't picture myself doing anything different now. I, I really enjoy coaching. Um, the group of kids that I got here make my job a lot of fun and it makes it easy to coach. But, uh, um, but yeah, I, hopefully that answers the, the, your question. Well, it doesn't, Michael. You mentioned the team and the ladies believing in themselves on the lanes, taking a look at your roster. You you kept things local, which we've talked to a lot of collegiate coaches, and that's what a lot of them do, which frankly seems to be the smart thing to do. But you kept things very local, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, et cetera. Did it help having a team of, of ladies that may have crossed with, with each other somewhere in the in the in that in the state region, in the region, whether it be a, a high school, uh, another tournament, one of the bigger uh, scholarship tournaments where they maybe were familiar with each other's game a little bit and maybe knew each other as opposed to bringing five people or six or eight or ten people from, you know, from Florida and, and California and grabbing people from all over the country. And there wasn't that maybe comfortableness that they may have with, with growing up and even just being, frankly, from the same area. You, everyone kind of goes through the same thing in the Midwest, it seems like. Yeah, um, obviously bowling out in the Midwest is is big. It's the mecca is pretty in Detroit, so it's it's pretty close to all those uh, states that you just mentioned and areas. Um, I think it helps. We have a, we have a few girls here that that do know each other. Um, I think it helps too because they spend so much time on the lanes. They got to know each other um, pretty quickly. Um, the biggest thing that I preach to them too is with anything with a job and stuff. I said, hey, we um, be the best teammate you can be. Um, we usually try to do our best to um, meet face to face if there's any issues. There's you know, there issues pop up every once in a while. People have disagreements, but I tell them, "Look, we're going to be a big family. Um, if you don't want to buy into the family, that's okay. But um, just know that we're looking for the people that want to support each other, no matter what. Um, if it's not your day, you're going to clap for the next person." Um, and a few of them have been bowling together for three years now because um, they came came in as freshmen um but uh, yeah it does help a lot of them had seen each other at junior gold um the mj at michigan junior masters um other big uh, teen masters and other big um youth scholarship events across the country and across the midwest um but when they all came in they knew that hey when, when you step into the bowling alley whether it's on the weekends or for practices um we're a family and we're gonna we're gonna um, treat each other respectfully and and, and work towards the same goal we're all here for the same reason and that's to to work towards winning a national championship one day um so i think we got a lot of people that bought in with the same mindset um the same type of work ethic um the people that i try to recruit they don't need to necessarily be the the best in their area um because the bowling alley being on campus we are able to um fill in that gap between the elite bowlers and the above average bowlers pretty quickly because they they have the practice opportunities to make up for lost time that's amazing to hear newer teams you know making a difference in the bowling community and not only competing at the highest level but you're also you know putting bowlers in, in position this you know kind of be amazing people outside of the bowling center so that's that's really great to hear and i love, I love hearing that so definitely keep that up um Thank so you. you know you mentioned you mentioned a few times that you have a bowling center on campus which i think is that's truly a treat that's something that's amazing so 
Walk us through, you know, a day in the life of what it's like to be a student at your university and even what it's like to, you know, live in the area. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, I can't thank the school enough. Um, our athletic director, which I, I've come from my, from my high school um, and even at other universities that I've talked to and other institutions across the country, mostly bowling can, is, tends to be overlooked, um, kind of pushed aside for the bigger sports. Um, the one thing that when I took the job here that really made me feel good about taking it, it was our athletic director here is incredible. The student um, body and, and the campus staff and faculty in general will support anything on campus. And that, that, that allows our bowlers one to take a little bit more pride in what they do. I think because they have the support from the higher ups, they have support from the athletic director. Um, the, when I stepped foot the athletic on campus for the first day, the athletic director, um, flat out told me that he wants the center being used as much as possible. Um, which was, it's just always good to hear that. Um, but uh, so typically, you know, I, I start my day when I come in, um, I oil the lanes. The kids can get in here and as early as they need to. Um, so we have kids that, that come in as early as 7, 8 o'clock in the morning before their classes start um, to get a couple hours in. Um, but for like our practice schedule, we practice Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Um, and then they're required outside of that to get in three, a minimum of three additional hours. Um, and then they also have a, um, I'm, we're big with, uh, bowl U international. So we work a lot with, uh, Rick Benoit and Brad Angelo. Um, and that, that they've, they've helped contribute to it cause I'm not anything who I am. Um, and I'm not saying I'm the greatest coach in the world, but I, what I'm able to do, um, and the drills that we do to help us improve quicker, it, I owe it a lot to Rick and Brad as well. Um, but on Thursday and Friday, they come in and they do this, this game, it's called clear the deck. So they, they put put 10 minutes of practice in regardless of what oil's out there and they bowl for score and uh, they go until they get three opens splits count and an opens count. So they've been in a scoring mindset all year um, because we set weekly goals um, and they, their, their job is to meet their weekly goals week in and week out um, and try and bowl as long as they can without getting those three opens. Um, a lot of them get frustrated the first couple of weeks um, and I've done it too. So I, I understand how frustrating that can be, but um, good feedback from them is they've said that it puts them in a mindset to where on the weekends um, they're still in that scoring mindset. We do it on a Thursday and fr- or Friday, whatever they can do on their schedule. So if they can't do Thursday, um, they come in on Friday, or if they can't do Friday, they do Thursday. Um, but one thing I've noticed since we've incorporated that, and that's something that um, Rick had talked to me about doing, um, there we look in into our five-on-five five games throughout the weekend, which was our struggle last year. Um, and we'll be into the sixth, seventh frame and only have one or two opens um, across the board, um, where last year we struggled more on the five-on-fives, and once we got into our bakers, we were okay. But this year we've been able to kind of um, keep a better mindset throughout. Um, and that's just kind of one of the drills we do. Um, outside of those practices, they have they have team workouts and study tables. Um, but, yeah, so from, from a normal standpoint, they'll go to class throughout the day. Um, the kids who have gaps, Throughout the day, um, they come in and, and they get their extra hours in, or they just—it's a place where they can come in and blow off steam. Um, outside of there's a two-hour window on Tuesday nights for the student body to come in for their open bowl night, um, but outside of that eight eight o'clock to ten o'clock window, um, our team has full access, so they're the only ones in here. Um, we're putting out—we have a Kegel Lane machine, so we put out. Um, if we know what we're bowling on for the weekend, we can put that out. I can make it hook more. I can make it hook less. Um, 
we have, uh, I actually use electrical tape. So we have different, um, training drills on the lanes that I will, uh, use electrical tape on, and then I will oil over it. So we have ball motion triangles. Um, we highlight different friction zones, um, kind of every, everything that they need to see so that they have a visual, what their ball is doing on the lanes. Um, because at the college level and, and beyond that, even at, at least at tournament levels with these new, with the sports shots and everything, um, ball motion and, and how your ball responds to friction is huge. And, um, that's one of the things we're trying to teach our, our guys and girls here, but our girls are, are a little, um, a little ahead of the game right now. Um, our guys are getting there, but, uh, as far as that, we're just trying to teach them ball motion and, and how to make the right moves at the right time and, and what to look for to, um, constitute what moves to make. I'm really glad you've brought up bowl you because that's something that I've done some podcasts on and, and we've talked about in the past and, and uh, I'm curious, how does it help? Or, or what are some of the advantages? Can you, you um, talk about your advantages that you guys see using that as a team? I think a lot of times people think of that as an individual thing, something I'm going to go through as a person. It's going to help me as a bowler grow. But how does it help your team grow? And how have you guys been able to see some of those benefits? Yeah, so I can speak from both sides because I, um, so I stumbled, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Andy Schneebelt. Um He's out of uh, Jackson, Michigan, and uh, I see him for individual lessons, and, and a lot of our kids will go up there and, and see him, too, um, when they're struggling. Um, but uh, he turned me on to the first camp in 2019, and I was like, ah, you know, like, I don't know. Um, and from a bowler of myself, I always struggled, like, midday. Like, I couldn't figure out. I was like, nothing changes, but I always find a way to shoot a 150 and 170 in a good block and screw it up and miss the cut by 20, 30 pins. Um, so he, he said that these guys were coming into town, um, that it'd be great for me. So I showed up one as a coach and one as a player, um, to, to kind of see, you know, broaden my horizon a little bit. Um, and it is incredible what they teach and how they teach it, because I thought that I understood it. Um, and then you sit down with Rick and Brad and you're like, Oh my God, I've been wrong my whole life. (laughs) Um, but from a player's standpoint, the stuff that they teach, not only the drills, um, he's got a ton of training tools. There's a one he's got. It's called the Bolu Orb, um, and it literally created. It made me who I am today. Like I am the regional cuts that I've made and the and the success I've had at a higher level um, all came from throwing that orb during COVID when we were locked up. I threw that consistently, and it changed my game for the better. Um, but they talk even beyond just lane play stuff. Like a lot of people think, oh, like. It's no, it's no more than just hey, this is how you play the lanes. This is what you throw. Um, but they teach you why you th- um, why you do certain things. And and the one thing I really liked about them, kind of bouncing off of that, is um, they said that they will always give you a reason why. Um, he's always open to um, a, like a educated discussion. So like if you're if you don't think that he's right, he will prove you wrong. <laughs> um, but he does it in a very respectful way. He's he doesn't do it in as an arrogant way at all. But um, they improve. We actually had him on campus for our kids this summer. Um, a lot of our kids came in over the summer. They were able to stay on campus, and we did the camp in our in our facility. Um, he works with the physical game, the mental game, um, lane play, um, sir, how to build an arsenal. Um, he uses the term response time. So there's quick re- quicker response balls and slower response balls, um, and how they're best used. And that's kind of how he says he's like you don't you don't go to the golf course with three drivers in your bag. It's the same thing. If you put three big symmetrical balls in your bag, you're, you're limiting your options at that point. Um, so he talked about, you know, they show you short, 
um, short pattern strategy, medium pattern strategy, and long pattern strategy, and why certain strategies work more than others. Um, and he's, he's he said, you know, they they're not the they're not the only way to learn bowling. They said they are the quickest way to shorten the learning curve. Is how they um, advertise bowl you. But from the from the drills that they they teach, um, they use a um, an acronym Pacer. Um, it's prepare, acknowledge, commit, execute, and react. Um, and for each of those stages, one you can use it in your day to day life. But from a bowling standpoint. Um, how to go through your pre-shot routine and how each of those letters matches up to each stage of your pre-shot routine. Um, and for me, I was always a big person who loved to fry out, and it never did me very good. I never learned from that. Um, but the best part <laughs> of Pacer is the reaction stage because I was able to still have my fry out, um, but they say you have any um, you have from the time the ball gets to the, the ball door to the back to the ball return to either be happy upset or you know whatever all the above whatever whatever emotions you're feeling it has to be even keel as soon as that ball comes back um and that allowed me to still be upset with myself when i throw a really bad shot or or pump one out or walk one out if i throw it really good and i needed it Um, but as soon as that ball comes back it teaches you a way to be even keel and keep your emotions in check And, and bowling especially at a higher level um, and our girls are starting to see it as they get into bigger events and start getting into match play settings. The pressure gets higher. Um, so how you deal with that pressure is what's going to allow you to either be a great bowler um, and be one of those household names, or kind of fall be you know kind of fall below pace as these guys that can control their emotions get high, better and better um, because they know how to deal with pressure. Um, but yeah, from from bowl you is from then the best part about their their tools their training tools is you can use them outside so like the the orb i was able to use all outside um when they get back in august they can throw it um they have reverate drills so they have everything that's going to develop you as a bowler and not cookie cut you and that was the one thing i really liked about the first i've done three camps now it, it was that good um and a lot of our kids have done multiple camps um, but the one thing that they said, there's a million ways to teach the physical game. What matters is how do you handle transition and throwing the right stuff at the right time. Um, so they're not, and that's kind of what I've kind of put into my coaching philosophy is I'm not here to cookie cut you, but I'm here to make you the best version of yourself and make sure that your balance of motion, um, in your kinetic chain is matching up in your, in your, um, physical game. So hopefully that answers wow, that your question. I know it kind of rambled for a little bit, but. Now, that's a lot of great information, and thank you so much for, for kind of sharing your experience so far. Um, people can definitely find value in that. So, again, you know, as you're you know talking about that, it seems there's been a lot of growth and a lot of change and a lot of learning that you've gone through, not only as a player, but also as a coach. So, you know, from year one to now you're saying you're in year four, tell us a little bit that you – what's your biggest difference? What's one lesson you've learned? You know, if you go back and talk to that year one, Michael – you're like, oh man, we have a totally different now to year four, Michael. You know, what would be something that you would that you've learned from year one to year four, just being a coach? What's one of your biggest like learning lessons so far? Um, patience. <laughs> patience is a big one. Um so when I got when I first got here, I had I had been bowling, um, I had already started competitively bowling for a while. Um but uh, I was gifted with a, with a very good um, sense of feel. So, like, my, when my thumb comes out of the ball, I, I know I can isolate certain parts of my game and know where my arm needs to be. I can make la- foul line adjustments. Um, 
And um, as part of it, just I was like I said, I played college baseball. I was a pitcher, so um, I had to have good field to maneuver around different pitches. Um, and so I, I took a lot of things for granted. Well, what I realized is not everybody has the same ability to do certain things that you can do. Um, so in the beginning, I'd get a little frustrated because it's like, why can't you? What do you mean you can't feel your thumb come out of the thumb the, the thumb hole? And like that's that's a simple thing. Um, but we had a couple girls on the team that year that that couldn't. Um, and then I I also realized how much um, from a girl standpoint, and this is not a bad thing at all, but um, you, you're not just a coach. You're a, um, uh, you're a supporter too. Like you, very, you have to support them mentally. Um, and it's all about making sure that they, they believe in themselves. Um, there's a lot of, in the last four years, uh, we've had girls come in that just think that they suck. <laughs> it's Excuse my language, but um, I tell them, I'm like, look, you have a tremendous ability um, and a lot of times it's just getting these kids, guys and girls to believe in themselves and, and really so a lot of them have a lot of potential. They just don't see it in themselves. And part of that too, for my first year was getting to a point where stay a little bit more patient, um, support them, um, and, and give them the time that they deserve. A lot of these kids put in so much hours. So the first year I did, I mean, I put in a lot of time, but we've gotten the kids now that, that want to learn and, and want to be sponges. Um, and I told them all, I tell them all in the last two years. So I actually wasn't the head coach until last season was my first full year. Um, and the one thing I tell them every year from now on, from last year and, and this year and every year prior to uh, following this, um, is, Hey, I won't give up on you if you don't give up on me. Um, and I tell them that every day I tell them when they're, when they're down, I tell them, Hey, look, like it's a bad day. It's going to happen. There's seven. If you're struggling, there's seven people behind you. Um, it's not an individual event. So if you're struggling today, you're not in it for eight games and beating your head against the wall. We have someone behind you that'll come and pick you up. Don't worry about it. Um, so go, if I could go back four, three, four years ago, I'd tell myself one to, to be a little bit more patient, understanding that not everybody is gifted with certain abilities. Um, like we have girls that come in. Some girls have are strong. They could throw the ball very, very fast. So they're, they're good in certain situations. There's other girls that throw it slower um, higher tilt, higher rotation, no tilt. Um, so how to put them in, in, in situations where they're going to succeed is, is big too. Cause I've had girls where it's like, Hey, they're very, very good at the beginning of the day, but come game five or six, they might start to struggle because their ball, their ball roll and their ball speed might not match up to what we're bowling on. So if we leave them in too long, it hurts their confidence. Um, so it's just to be a little bit more methodical about my decision-making. Um, and that's what I would have told myself four years ago. And, hey, it's going to take time. There's sometimes where I get the competitor in me comes out too. Um, and uh, so I have to reel that in at times to where I'm like, hey, look, like, you know, I'm, I can't show the frustration that I would show if I'm in my own tournaments. Um, so I, I have to stay patient. And uh, I tell all the girls that too. I said, hey, look, don't you throw a bad shot. It's okay. There's 12 frames, um, well, 10, but you can throw 12 shots. Um, but just stay patient and uh, let it come to you. If we can make spares, we're going we're gonna to find a way to get there. Um, and just the way I structure, too, structure for practices is a big thing. Um, when I got in, um, as a, as a, I've coached the girls for the last four years. So even when I was the assistant, I was their head coach. Um, and just how we structured practices, I, the kids really – 
um, take to structure. Um, so I told him, look, we're not going to do the same. We're not just going to come in and throw balls down the lane every single day. Like we are going to do drills on a certain day, spares on another day. Um, we're going to have ba- Baker practices. We're going, we're going to keep it. We're going to have a variety of ways we practice so that you don't get bored, um, especially at the college level and being a college, um, student athlete in the past, um, you look forward to practices or your games or um, whatever your sport has you do because that's usually your relief from the stress of classes and everyday life. Um, so I tell them all every year too, like, hey, I don't want you to stress coming here or be like, oh, man, like I got to come and throw 100 balls down the lane again. Like I want you to look forward to the practices that we do. Um, so we switch it up. Then um, that's one thing that I wish I would have done a few years prior. Um but I tell them every year, too, I said, hey, when you go home for the summer, I want you to improve. But I hope you know that when you do go home and then when you go home for your breaks, there's things that I'm constantly thinking of that I can do better because I'm not the greatest coach in the world. Um, I would love to be. And I think that if I continue to do the things that I'm doing, that one day I can get there. Um, but I, I, there's things that I need to improve on. And every year at the end of the season, I evaluate what I did well, what I could do better. Um, and I always want to come back better for the team because um, they, they put in a lot of hours in their summer. Um, and that's the one thing I would have told myself four years ago, too, that I'm not always going to be right. Um, and it's okay to apologize. Um, and the, a lot of the kids will appreciate appreciate that when you do own up to mistakes. And All right. Well, Michael Jashinsky, want to thank you. Head, men's, uh, head women's coach at Trine University. want to thank you for being here today. All the best of luck with the team moving forward. You guys got a, a full schedule of tournaments I'm seeing here after the first of the year and finishing out 2022. So all the best of luck moving forward. And it uh, w- was certainly a pleasure catching up, and we'll certainly like to do it again down the road. Yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to have me on.